Hey everybody, this is Doug Curtin, the host of Chalk Talk, the podcast presented by Platform. We're doing a live episode today with Sam Breslin. It's been a few weeks since we've had Sam Breslin on, and we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty around off-season and in-season training. Before we get started, uh, I encourage everybody to go check out Platform.com. That's P-L-T, the number 4, M.com. We're coming out with lots of great content, um, all different types of things featuring different coaches and teachers from all across the country high school coaches and teachers sharing their stories. It's been a really great past few months of sharing different people's messages and stories. And we also invite anybody that wants to partake in that to reach out to me. Um, You can get my contact contact info. It's Doug at plt4m.com. I would love to be able to feature you on a podcast like this, have you be in a feature article, whatever it is that you're interested in, please feel free to reach out. So we're just gonna go ahead and get set up. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. I'm Doug Curtin, let's go. All right, so we are gonna kick today's episode off. Sam, it's been a few weeks, thanks for coming back on. I'm happy to be here on a uh, playoff football Friday, pretty uh, jacked up to be back on the the old chalk talk. There, There we go, so if you haven't listened to some of the past episodes, go check them out. Like I mentioned before the start of the show, we've been featuring a lot of different people, a lot of different coaches from across the country. Today we got uh, founder and director of performance Sam Breslin back on to talk about a question that we get all the time. Um, I'll set the stage and, it, and it's a frequently asked question. Uh, it's, we can never really seem to develop all our athletes because everyone plays three to four sports a year and we're trying to manage that kind of in-season training and wanting to see gains. So it's a it's a topic we talk about a lot internally, but it's something that we hear all the time. So Sam, what do you kind of do to navigate when coaches reach out and say, you know, our students and our athletes are multi-sport athletes. They're always in in-season training. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this topic. Um, we hear it a lot uh, because it really is, I think, um, the, the single largest component to what makes high school SNC unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that is replicated um, at any other level, this idea of multi-sport athletes but are, are, are engaged in competitive seasons year-round. Um, so I think it's an extremely important um, discussion to have, um, mostly because I think there, it causes a lot of uncertainty and hesitancy, less than like maybe confusion or uh, lack of clarity in how to train athletes. It's not really sure how to approach because I've got kids that do this all year round or, or whatever the case may be. I'm not able to develop my athletes. So to start the conversation, um, I think it's probably worthwhile um, defining that there are uh, some semantics at play. So um, I want to make sure that we're, we're very, very clear. Um, we're going to talk about being in season. Um, and what that is, uh, is what a lot of people refer to it as like, I am playing a sport. Right. Right. So being in season um, is different than in season training. Mm-hmm. And the idea that if you're in a season, off season training is a mutually exclusive event is not true. Okay. And so I want to make sure we set the stage there um, because that's where a lot of the confusion comes from. Yep. So, you know, if we define in-season training and off-season training, I think we'll have a better understanding of how to uh, address athletes that might play a lot of different sports. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe the best place to start, especially if we are kind of trying to navigate that, is let's define first what we would consider to be in-season training. Mm-hmm. 
So in season at, at its most high level is a training regimen that is uh, lower frequency, uh, meaning less you know, sessions per week. Um, it's lower volume, so that the total number of work done um, is less, and um, the intensity stays high, uh, meaning loading, you know, relative intensity. Um, and the whole goal is to maintain a level of peak power and peak strength during a competitive, uh, the rigors of a competitive season for injury prevention and obviously on-field performance as well. Right. Um, and I'm going to say this a couple different times, so it's worth mentioning. It is for experienced weight room athletes. Right. Right. It's you've already done something in a developmental and off-season standpoint that you are looking to preserve while staying healthy and on the field. Right. So, like, for my group of uh, athletes I had in-season this fall, they were all new to any type of strength and conditioning or training um and while we were in season like i didn't i didn't do an in-season training program i did an introductory to like foundational movements program yeah and, and that and that's you know probably the easiest caveat to just jump right into is the idea um that every athlete from the day they walk in as freshmen to the day they leave as seniors are the same um, regardless of in-season or off-season is wrong because most of them are developmental. And uh, when it comes to the progression of an athlete, just training an in-season program with kids that haven't learned, grown, and developed to the point where they are actually at that point um, is you're just skipping steps. And that's where a lot of people go, hey, you know, I have athletes that are four-sport, three-sport athletes all year round starting freshman year. If you're never considering them in a developmental stage where they're going to do something that is maybe not a full-blown off-season program, but also not maintenance and in-season training, you can never actually get to a point where in-season training makes a whole lot of sense. Right, for sure. Um, and so in that same vein, let's pretend like we maybe don't have the three, four-sport athlete, but someone that you know wraps up football season. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, it is wrapping up. What would change if someone was in a true in-season program like you talked about, less lower volume, high intensity, a lower frequency, and now we're moving into off-season training. What does that start to consist of for those that are not going to be needing mm -hmm. to continue into their next in-season because they're playing basketball right. or whatever else? If you are not in-season, if you are literally not playing a sport, if you are truly in an off-season um, phase, then your training is going to look a lot different in that it's going to be much higher volume, right? Um, because you don't have the, the demand of practicing games. It's going to keep intensity high because you want to um, generate and develop peak power and strength. Um, and frequency is going to be much higher. Instead of maybe two sessions a week, you're looking at four. Um, if you want to include off and recovery days, maybe five or six. Yep. Um, so it's really the opposite of in-season training. Um, and again, that is what we're looking at is in-season training is you are developed and in a sport that is demanding much of you every single day. Yeah. Right. It's um, then the opposite of that is that off-season training is when you are not engaged in anything competitive, athletic, et cetera, that you are then able to replace all of that volume with developmental progressional work mm -hmm. so that you can improve uh, among a lot of different avenues. And again, I want to harp on this one more time is off-season training is very much 
after you have developed as a developmental athlete in the weight room from an educational standpoint, from a growth standpoint, um, you want to have gone through what we call developmental programs before you get to a full off-season. Sure. Um, so that you actually maximize your time in the off-season. Right. For sure. <clears throat> and that, I think, is a good segue to kind of consider what we run into a lot is, and where we started the show, is, you know, you have a lot of athletes that are playing, like, sport after mm-hmm. sport after sport. Um, and we want to transition them appropriately as they go through their phases both throughout those four years, like you talked about, right. but also – Okay, we do have a handful of kids that might be ready for an off-season training program or they're moving on to basketball or another sport. How, when you start to transition from season to season to season, mm-hmm. do you break down those groups and, and think about, all right, here there is where each group is starting to head towards? Yeah, and, and, and this is where um, I think the, the approach is best served by uh, or the decision-making process is best served by forgetting whether or not kids are – participating in a sport mm-hmm. and let's shift the conversation to um, the population aka what 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 is that person in terms of experience not experienced and the volume that they are being required to perform anywhere outside of the gym yeah um, so it's not a conversation about in and off season necessarily it's a volume and identity uh, conversation because uh, I personally think first and foremost you identify whether or not there's somebody that should be in a developmental program, which I think everybody should at some point in their life. So if they've not done that, let's do that. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, we, we've talked developmental programming isn't necessarily not working out, but it's also not, we're pushing the envelope so much that you couldn't do it in a season. So for example, your freshman uh, baseball players could be doing a developmental program, which is closer to off season, not quite in season, but also set specifically for them because they are new. Right. Like a, like a kid probably in what you're describing to be super clear is like, like, Hey, you did your summer workouts. You're coming off of like your JV football season. You're probably still in that developmental phase. Well, likely. Uh, and it, again, it, it can be a, yet it doesn't have to be, and always this or an always this, Um, you know, your developmental athletes could be incoming freshmen and you take care of them before they ever step in the doors, or they could be freshmen and sophomores because at your school, like that's when you can do your education and, you know, your lower level athletics is something that you, you balance well with your, you know, in the weight room work. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, we're just going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we'll sort of maybe go over a little bit more into detail some of those like practical use cases that we mm-hmm. talked about, make sure that we really dive into them, flesh them out. And like you said, not black or white, but how do we set up kind of coaches and teachers to be able to make the delineations with their larger groups yep. as we go ahead. So we'll be right back. Sit tight. All right, before we go ahead and jump back in, a just friendly reminder that if you haven't checked out our other podcasts to go back and listen, we have over 20 podcasts ranging from things with Brian Kite, who's a really uh, influential leader when it comes to leadership and culture and training, all the way to getting into the nitty gritty of some of these more technical type podcasts that we have with Coach Sam Breslin. So go check out all the different podcasts. It's Chalk Talk. Uh, you can find it anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So with that, let's jump back into the show. Sam, we spent the first half of the show really kind of defining things, making a few different like groups and buckets and things to consider, but is there anything else that you really want to make sure we get kind of that point across as coaches or, or teachers start to figure out 
what's best for each group that they're trying to sort out. Yeah, I think we've already basically set the stage that we, we are firm believers in developmental programming for athletes that need it. If you've never been in the gym before, your, your development in the gym, movement, weight, strength, everything, really trumps all else. Mm -hmm. And I will say also, understand then that as a strength coach or even athletic coach, like outside of the gym then also needs to consider that the gym is a focal point and maybe adjust their demand. So yeah. like, you know, youth, freshmen, JV, sport coaches should understand that, you know, maybe I shouldn't treat this like a two and a half hour crazy intense practice every single day because their long-term development is going to benefit from a little more attention in the weight room. So yeah. it, there needs to be the balance, right. but we do think developmental programming is, is super important. When you've been developed and now you're thinking about, should I be going all in on off-season training or should I be maintaining an in, in-season in training, um, and this is where everybody kind of gets kind of mixed up or, or confused, is it's not about the literal definition of are you in a sport or are you not. It's a volume question. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is what is the actual physical, mental, emotional demand that an athlete is being placed under during their sport, right. their competitive season? Can they handle additional volume outside of it? Um, and this isn't a technical, um, you know, kind of uh, discrimination of types. It's more of a, an eyeball test, a, a gut feeling test, and a conversation that happens on a regular basis with your athletes. So are you a just for fun athlete, which we'll talk, we all know that, that there's plenty of that. It's like, hey coach, I just wanna do X sport because I'm interested in hanging with my buddies. It's a JV program I don't really get see on the field. I don't see the field much. But they need I, to fill a roster. We hear that all the yeah, time. Yeah, it, you got to fill the roster. We want to keep playing. It's a fun. It's you know exactly uh, that the, the volume of the grind per se for that sport is far less than say your varsity senior captain for baseball, field hockey, football, whatever. They're being asked to really dive in mentally, physically, and emotionally every single day, six times a week for two two and a half hours plus. Yeah, that might require a lower volume in-season training. That's, in my opinion, that's when you should dial it back to maintain health and performance. But for the just-for-fun athlete, they could handle more if they so wanted to. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, whether or not you're just, you know, in a sport that doesn't require much, like a lot of the JV baseball kids that uh, we have in our school choose to do more of the off-season programming sure. because practice, they say, like, coach, practice is really not much we play two games a week and on the jv like i only play for a couple innings each time yeah and so they can handle a, a greater load so it's really about what is the volume because you got to think of it as like an empty an empty milk jug you're gonna it, it can only hold so much right a kid can only do so much during a day just like we can only do so much during a day during a week if baseball only accounts for this you can fill more with training if baseball is pushing that all the way to the top, it's really testing their limits physically and mentally, don't try to overflow the, right. the jug. And I think what a lot of coaches get caught up on too is like, you know, once they're the, in the in-season training, they're like locked in for the next 10 to 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I had kids on a, on a team that were like, hey, I'm feeling like I can do more. I'm feeling great. Well, then like we can add a little bit of volume because the jug's not filled yet. Like the best thing I think is a the communication with your athletes That's talking it. about how they feel and then also be willing to adjust like 
if you're in the in-season training program, but you have all the fundamentals like locked up, you can transition into more volume if it's appropriate. I can't stress that enough, right? So the open line of communication, like you don't have to set a training program for 12 weeks and say, no matter what, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I want to say, because this is something that most people don't think of in this conversation, because they're always like, how do I get more training done with athletes that are playing multiple sports? Yeah. I actually see the flip side quite a bit. It just might be that our group of kids up here, maybe in the Northeast, AAU, Summer League, and everything else has flipped the script almost the other direction. Whereas most summers I used to like have my football kids were all in no other requirements outside of training. Right. Now I have kids coming to me going, coach, I'm required to play two games and one practice of ba basketball every week during the summer, or I'm playing a lacrosse and I have, you know, four weekend long eight game lacrosse tournaments. So the flip side also has, to, they might not be in a sport, but they are being asked to compete maybe even more so than we do in our in-season. High school athletics, And yeah. so for those kids, like, I will also say, like, here's our off-season programming, but let's have you not do any of the conditioning. Let's have you not do any of the high muscular endurance volume work that we have in our programming. Let's keep our strength up, but let's also work on it day-to-day, week-by-week. You come to me and say, Coach, I am burnt out. I can't control that your basketball coach is making you play basketball yeah. in the summer. All right. We, as a football staff, require them to play football once a week on a Wednesday night with passing league. I don't even like that. Yeah. But I don't get to control that either. Right. So just understanding that you are not the one mm -hmm. um, that is controlling everything and adapting to what is outside of your control so that the kid has the best possible situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a very good point in terms of like, there are all of those other demands and, and, uh, Coach Reno, who's not on the podcast today, always says, like, you know, you can still get stronger if you train once a week. Yeah. If you train, tw if you train twice a week. You might be considered, like, hey, I'm doing my in-season training because I've decreased things, but you're still doing something. Yeah. And for, like, a developing athlete in the, at their high school level, they're still going to see gains over time. It might just not be in that 12-week off-season window people are looking for. Correct. I mean, you got to look big picture. And, you know, if worst-case scenario is you have a kid that's playing varsity for every sport for four years and he's just has to be an in-season training, he's still lifting consistently twice a week for four years, that's a win. Right. Um, and the research says, like, once, even twice a week, just doing high-intensity, low-volume strength work, yep. you'll see increases. So I think that's important to, uh, to, to kind of hammer home there. For sure. And I think we've really covered most of it. Um, I, I think, like, we've, we've kind of nailed it um, in terms of the different groups. I think just playing out, like, a little bit of some of the people that we've talked about um, that we see a lot. Um, you think about those, like, freshmen, sophomores, juniors that are playing, like, a spring sport and they're just doing it for fun, like – how do you, within those buckets, sort of navigate, like, what is that milk jug? Like, yeah. what, what is, like, I know there is no true dividing line. Right. There's a gray area, but. So, yeah, it, it's an excellent question because, you know, for all we just talked about, I'm sure a lot of people still think it's kind of just, like, I don't really know what to do with who. Um, but I think the easiest way to see it and then all of a sudden internalize what we're, we're talking about here is um, let's use an actual, like, literal real world application use case um, and what I mean by that is like I am a high school football coach I am a strength coach um, at the same high school and let's take a look at okay 
we have 60 upperclassmen, not including freshmen, you know, rising sophomores, juniors, and seniors any given year. Um, and uh, let's take a look at, say, we get to the spring sport season. Yeah. Who is getting what? Why? What are the different kind of possibilities that might go into uh, the in versus off-season programming question, the developmental programming question? Um, because I think when you see the, the practical application or an example of a real-world uh, use case, it's a lot easier to understand, like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I have kids like that, too, or I can picture that group of kids in my yeah. head. Yep. Um, so I think that's a really, really good place to kind of, uh, you know, make it paint the picture to make it uh, more more tangible. Yeah, because like that group, you're basically seeing kids that are, like you said, like captain of the lacrosse team. Yep. Doing like maybe some throwing and, uh, you know, some track and field just for fun. Yeah. You have kids that are on that same lacrosse team but not playing, mm -hmm. and they're just looking to like, flat, like push hard. Right. So, yeah, uh, perfect example, right? So I have 60 kids. Mm, let's call it 52 of them are going to play at least two sports, if not three. Yeah. Okay, so does that mean, though, that 90 to 95% of my athletes are going to be in-season training all year round? Not even close. Yeah. Right? And we've talked about the whys. So how do I kind of differentiate? Well, um, let's look at it this way. First things first, if any of my rising sophomores have not gotten through all of our developmental programming, which is 15 full weeks of learning and developing baseline strength, metrics, uh, actual ability, capacity. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they go there. And understand, that's not something that they couldn't do in season, mm -hmm. right? Unless they're, for some reason, the, the, the already the, the starting whatever on the lacrosse team, I might not have them do the full developmental because they're being asked to do a ton. But generally speaking, they're playing freshman or JV or whatever. Yeah. So they can do all of those weeks. So I make all of that programming available. If you have not finished our developmental program, which is very comprehensive from start to finish, learning and developing, you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Then... All right, we have athletes that are playing sports, but that's not a uniform group that is all going to get in-season training. So I have, let's just take kids that are going to do spring track, which is I did in high school. Love track. All right, I'll have, I had two senior captains both playing track last spring. One of them trying to be on the state championship relay team and trying to set school records. The other just there to kind of stay in shape and do something. Uh, do something. He was a returning captain, O-lineman, wanted to focus on uh, getting into college football, um, and he did shot put. The kid that's trying to set records, that has uh, you know, earned himself the right to compete at a high level and is super passionate about spring track, do the in-season program. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. That's your minimum. You know, we just want to keep you healthy. We want to make sure that you have maintained the, the growth that you have accrued over the course of the last three and a half years, whatever the case may be. And we also want to set you up for success when you come back to off-season training. The kid that's just shot putting, though, he's like, he came to me. I mean, I was already prepared to do this, but he said, I want to do more than that. Right. And I said, absolutely, because the volume that he's being asked to perform um, at practice is minimal. And so what I said is, okay. We also have off-season training. That's going to be open. You should be performing that program with the caveats of, hey, if 
practice is you know having any sort of conditioning element in it don't do the conditioning part of the off-season training just yeah. do the strength and strength accessory do the power work yeah um if you have no track meets get all three or four days in if you do have a track meet let's just schedule it so that you're not lifting the day of if you have any desire to compete at your best level that day you can do it the day after the day before if you don't care do it the day of right right if, if you were like no my focus coach is like next year football season and all i care about is getting all three or four of those lifts done every single week at least for my strength pieces great right. go do it um so then we've got our both are in season one is doing in season training one is doing off season training and then you could even split that off-season training into, are you doing the full program or are you taking out some of the volume elements modifying. just to, to modify? And then, of course, you also have – I had about five kids that were like, all I care about is getting ready for next fall. I don't love any of my other sports. I am going to buy in and make training my, my other sport. Then you're doing full-blown off-season training. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's a good kind of place to, to sort of start to wrap things up because, mm -hmm. like, like you talked about, like there's also sports that we haven't even addressed and I come from one of them in swimming and I talk about it all the time is like or tracks another good example or you just know you're going to make the playoffs or whatever it may be it's just like if this competition at the beginning of the season isn't like the end all be all for you then it's okay if your training starts to like kind of intertwine and you don't feel your best at your meet or your your yeah. performance is because you know that there's something bigger or larger that you're shooting towards. right we're, we're not we're not necessarily ever going to talk about tapering or peaking because that's kind of a, a kind of not really applicable to our our world of high school because everything is so fluid on all over the place yeah but you can look at big picture and just say that like hey we have preseason for four weeks we're technically in season but i can make training a priority yeah. And, you know, I still want to balance that by not also demanding crazy volume. Yeah, practice. I think you've made a – I think that is the biggest part is, like, if you're going to be doing more training, it maybe means you just kind of, like, balance the scale and you take away some of the practice time. Yeah. And not take away, but just – it is part of the practice time. And we've talked about it yes. on, on past podcasts, yes. actually, but, like – Blending them. Blend the two. The physical pie is one pie. Right. You can cut it up however the hell you want. Yeah. Right? And I think that's important. And I think what you've said, and it, I've said it, and I want to reiterate, is being able to adapt. Not just in the day, but the week, the month, the season. If that basketball player, I had a coach ask me, he goes, hey, you know, I had a, is it okay if I put one of my um, juniors, it's going to be a senior next year, on an off-season program in the winter, even while he's in basketball? Because he asked me if he could. Absolutely. If he knows that, like, I'm out there just to stay in shape, I'm not going to play a ton, and I'm more invested in, you know, my development for football or whatever, um, can we do an off-season training program? Yes. Should he modify based on how he feels every day with the proactive nature of let's maybe take down some of the volume since you're getting a lot of practice so that you're balancing well? Great. That being said, if after four weeks he is feeling or he says to the coach, hey, I'm feeling a little burnt out, I'm feeling a little ground down, shift right you don't have to stay in the off-season training go to in-season yeah say okay that's great let's now let's go let's shift to two days yeah um and then the two days makes a lot of sense and also like again it's not about whether or not you're participating in a sport it doesn't have to match the start and end of your season yeah um and your willingness to adapt um and also your willingness to let kids self-regulate kids know right once they've been developed they know should i be doing this 
Should I not? You might need to nudge them in certain directions or yeah. hold them back sometimes. But for the most part, like, coach, I feel great. Let's do more. Right. And I think the biggest takeaway is because we do, even as we're talking about all this, getting caught up just because it's those two like famous in season, <laughs> off season. But what we really just end up trying to balance is the volume, the intensity, the mm-hmm. frequency, and being mindful of all of those different things within just the bigger picture. Right. Um, and, and the bigger picture is really what matters. So as much as we've just kind of spent the time pushing, let's jack up, you know, where we consider we can develop, where we can consider higher volume because sports are lower volume. Don't be the coach that, that forces the, I think we can do more. You got to see the bigger picture. If you have no control over athletic coaches and they're demanding a ton don't make it worse by then forcing your demand. Yeah. Right? You know, it, we're, we don't live in a perfect world. If you can't control everything, you need to play by all of the variables that are at play um, and adapt to those. Um, the worst thing you can do is make things worse, put kids in harm's way, because when push comes to shove, let's not forget, there's only so much volume you can do For sure. before something breaks down. Yeah, and I think that is a good place to kind of close because you – have your control and we hear you know even coaches at the same school sometimes maybe don't see all eye to eye Mm -hmm. but now we're talking about aau coaches club coaches other coaches that also are expecting certain levels and like i get it all the time with club kids that are saying well i'm coming here i'm feeling banged up and it's like well your volume is like through the roof yeah it's way too high and And unfortunately it's a big problem in our society right and it's hard because you want to do, and it's really, really hard to juggle and balance and everything else like that. But I think that's a great point to, to kind of close on is think about the, that kid and are we burning them out and just basically grinding them to nothing? And, and, and if it requires kind of a uh, personal, almost like selfish thought to get you to the point where you are, are, are looking at that big picture, self-interest absolutely would ask you and tell you to do the same thing because – when are you going to get the best team is when every one of your athletes is happy and healthy to be there when your sport starts. Yeah. So if you are grinding them or somebody else's, and then you're adding on top of it, you're the one that suffers when your sport rolls around. Yeah. So if you think of it as the big picture, like we just talked about, I need all of my kids to be at the, the highest they possibly can be, but understanding that something else is dragging them down. I don't want to then drag them further because then I lose. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, that's a good place to wrap. Uh, Coach Brez, thank you very much for joining us. Be here. That was fun. Good luck uh, tonight. Oh, thank you very much. Big game. Yep. So go Warriors. Uh, If you guys want to reach out, you have any questions or follow-up that you want to talk about or you have specific instances that you still aren't quite sure about, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, All of our contact info is up on the screen. I'm always willing to talk shop. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, while there is a lot of that gray area, we have come across the, the... freshman who plays x y and z the football player who does bing bang boom and he's a senior we can talk about all the different scenarios if you're still caught up on it but hopefully this podcast um kind of shed a little bit of light on the different categories and things to consider so thanks for tuning in uh we appreciate you listening and as always at platform uh we are in pursuit of better thanks